What's up, y'all? This is Tiny and Kelvin Smith. Running back DeAndre Torrey. Senior receiver Michael Lawrence. Senior guard DJ Draper. And you're listening to Bruni's Breakdown Podcast, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni. And with me, one of the best basketball players in all of Detroit, Colin Mitchell. I guess I should have said out of Detroit. Colin, why why are your hands in your face? Are you? <laughs> that's all. That's a bad take. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have to. You're not one of the best basketball players to ever come out of Detroit. No. Who else has come out of Detroit? Chris Weber. Didn't Chris Weber come Chris out of Detroit? Chris Weber, Jalen Rose. There you go. Hey man, you're basically a part of the Fab I'm Five. I'm pretty sure the whole Fab Five came out of Detroit. <laughs> actually, you're right there. It's them. Then it's you, Ray McCollum. Yeah, it's. Um, Ray McCollum, what a guy! Who he else? used to play for the Spurs for a What's little bit. What's his name? Uh, uh, I'm not gonna remember. Short dude. You want me to Two K zero is is or it's with, or Uncle K is what they call him on Twitter. He used to, he got drafted by the Pistons in the second round. He's like five foot eight, but I forgot his wow. name. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. He can now. dunk. So that Lindsey Hunter, Vinny Johnson, Bob Lanier. Vinny Johnson. Was. Oh no. Or maybe that's they played that's for Detroit. Pistons. That's the Pistons. That's definitely Pistons. All right, never mind. It doesn't matter right. anymore. Regardless. Anyways, how's everyone doing today? Hope everyone's doing well. Um, hope everyone's, you know, staying safe out there. Um, still quarantining. Uh, you know, not going to uh, a beach with 5,000 people on it. Can but you if you are, you know, on just On both hands, how many safe. times you've been out? For recreational purposes. Oh, for recreational purposes? See, when I was in Denton, I wasn't out at all. Like, does running count? No. I'm talking about, like, okay. like when we play basketball. Like, gatherings. Counts. Oh, okay. We've played basketball, t- like, twice. Yep. And then I hung out with, like, friends in San Antonio, like, twice. So, like, five times, probably. I, there's probably a time I'm forgetting. Yeah. Probably, like, six. Well, six or seven. Somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. But, yeah. So, hope everyone's staying safe out there. Um, This is kind of an impromptu podcast. We have a few things to talk about because we haven't talked to them in, what, like, three weeks? It's been a it's been a hot sec. It's been it's been a while. So a lot's happened. Uh, we'll run through um, Amani Gilmore's transfer to North Texas. We'll go through uh, some position battles stuff because I did that uh, whole series back when I was doing a bunch of series on the site. Uh, so we'll run through our favorite position battles we're looking forward to, and we'll look at a little bit of recruiting uh, as well. So Colin, when did Amani Gilmore? commit here we go may 14th that seems That's like years ago two weeks ago it seems it so two long. weeks ago colin um so yeah amani gilmore entered the transfer portal may 12th and committed to the mean green may 14th he as a recruit so let me give you all some backstory he was a part of the 2019 class okay he spent his freshman year with kentucky and then transferred to north texas He's going to have to most likely, in all likelihood, redshirt this coming season, which isn't that bad, right? Because he, let's say he redshirted last season, which he did. He redshirted last season, and then he'll redshirt this season. So he'll enter the coming season, so 2021 season, as a redshirt sophomore. And so he'll that's be like three an whole actual year. senior. <laughs> yeah. So, so he'll have three whole years, in theory, whenever he gets his eligibility, to play for North Texas. And by that time, I mean, we're looking at you know, Redshirt Jr., Jason Bean, Redshirt Jr., um, Austin Ani. I mean, 
he can compete with those guys. And we'll get into that in a second, his skill set. But um, he's probably not going to be able to play this year, and that's okay. He's from Louisiana. He, As a recruit, he was listed as a pro-style quarterback, and then he shifted over. Now he's listed as a dual-threat quarterback. Um, I watched his film. I did like a whole film analysis, film breakdown thing of his. And he can run. I'm not saying – I don't think he's as fast as Jason Bean, but he can run. He's got good throw power. He's got a big arm. Um, he's accurate, but his windup is a little slow. He's got kind of that – I don't want to say Tim Tebow, but it's kind of Tim Tebow-esque, you know, because he also played baseball, so he's got that little windup about him. Mm. Uh, but he can really sling it, man. He's a He can place the ball really well on deep passes, and I'm – I wish I knew how he played and practices at Kentucky, but obviously there's no way of knowing that. So all I'm looking at is his high school film and everything I've read about him at Kentucky is that the coaches were obviously they're going to say they're excited about his potential, but I really, a couple of the quotes really kind of caught me off guard with how, you know, um, excited they were with his potential. And so I, I think that it's, it's a good get. He's six two, um, good size on him. There's not, a lot to a, a lot of red flags. I mean, but his throwing motion might be his biggest red flag, and that's not even a real concern to me at this point. He was an eighty, he was basically an eighty-five coming out of high school, eighty-five rated coming out of high school. Um, I mean, to go to Kentucky and sit there for a year, I mean, that's good coaching, and I'm, I'm excited for it. Now, obviously, we're gonna have to wait a year to see if he, how good he is. Well, we can always see in practice, but we'll have to see, wait to see that competition, but. I think it's a big gift for North Texas. I think that anytime you can bring in a com- a quarterback of this level, it at, at the very least it's going to add more competition, which is what you want. For sure, for sure, especially if you have Ani or Jason B not pan out. I mean, this is it's just. I mean, Seth came, said when he came in that he wanted to get a quarterback every year, so this is his quarterback this year. Yeah, it's true because you think about it, they Cade Renfro. They had Cade Renfro for a while, then he decommits, so they didn't have a quarterback in the last in the twenty twenty class. So now you bring in Amani Gilmore and it's like, okay, now we have a quarterback for this class and we have a quarterback for this class that can contribute faster than, you know, a normal Do they still have Will uh, Keene on the roster? Yes, they do. Okay. Keeney? Is it Keeney or Keene? Probably Keene. I never know how to say it. I don't know. Keene? We'll say Keene. But yeah, they have Will Keene. And I mean, in theory, he's he was rated higher than, I want to say he was rated higher than Kaysen, Austin, or Jason. He was like 83 rate or something like that. So we know he's got talent. He The thing about him is he doesn't jump off the page. Whenever I watch him in practice, he's the shortest one there. He doesn't look that strong. Like He's not like Mason where he's like buff. and like, he's built, like, yeah. Yeah, so he's still – last year was really important for him to kind of get his feet under him. I need to see him – I need to see his throw power. I need to see his um, – his, see him bulk up a little bit. And then – I need to see him beat out Casey Martin for the third spot. I, I've even so. got Casey still still on the roster. Yeah, well, Casey is on the on the roster, but yeah, like that. Those are the steps I need to see from Will. And I mean, I'm kind of surprised Will or Austin or not Austin, Casey uh, haven't left. I'm not saying they should leave. I'm just well, saying that Will's a freshman, is he not? Yeah, that 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 was his retro year last year. So he'll be a redshirt freshman. Yeah, but now, I'm just saying. No, I'm not that surprised, but with Case and I, I, pro- I am because he'll be going into his redshirt sophomore year. Redshirt sophomore year. Yeah, and yeah, he doesn't I even mean, seem like he's gonna touch, touch the field, 
barring yeah, they're not even talking about really him. bad or Austin. Everybody being, really being bad. bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but uh, actually, yeah. Yeah, so that 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 was kind of surprising to me because he could definitely go somewhere like an FCS program, like Sam Houston State or something like that, and help out um, a team. But uh, the quarterback situation is very interesting right now. I don't know what exactly to expect from Amani Gilmore. I'm not gonna make bold predictions here that he's gonna start when he comes back. We need to see how good. We don't even know for sure how good Jason Bean is. We don't know how good Austin Ani is. Um, but his upside, I mean is probably higher than both of theirs. So, I mean, you can make of that what you will, but uh, I'm glad that they were able to bring in a quarterback of this level. And you could argue that they don't need a quarterback. They didn't need to bring in a quarterback like this um, as a transfer. But with Seth Luttrell trying to replace Mason Fine, I feel like he wants as many options as possible. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. To get it right. Like, he doesn't want to just limit himself to Jason and Austin and be like, all right, if we need one of these two guys to pan out. And if they don't, we're screwed. No, he's going to bring in Amani Gilmore and give himself a third option there and just be like, okay, well, we're going to make sure that this works. We're going to make sure we have a capable, if not good, quarterback in. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to spend too much time on Amani Gilmore. But that was an interesting pickup, and we'll see if anything um, – nothing concrete can, concrete can really come out about him, like whether he's eligible or not, if he got a waiver. I don't think he did get a waiver uh, because um, it's very kind of rare. And then also I know the NCAA is kind of being stingy about those rules right now because they're looking at – they're look, they were looking at allowing one-time tri- free transfers, but that got shot down pretty quickly. So, yeah. So, yeah, there's our Armani Gilmore talk. Um, now, let's get into our position ba- battles, Colin. I had us both take our top three from yep. the series that I did. So, there were 12 total options. We did um, secondary, the front six, the offensive line and running back, and the receiver slash tight ends. Didn't include the quarterbacks because, obviously, Austin Ani, Jason Bean is the number one competition. Everybody's going to be watching this fall So we kind of expanded a little bit and I kind of went in depth. I looked at a bunch of different positions. I even went as deep as to like look at, uh, for instance, the uh, third and fourth linebacker spot, inside linebacker spots, you know, stuff like that. So it's very in depth. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Um, But we're going to look at our top three each. So Colin, you go first. Uh, I guess you want to, I don't know if you put them in any order or or not. It doesn't matter, but I'll start with, with my favorite one. You're gonna start with your favorite. Start with yeah. your least favorite, Colin. Oh. Wow. Okay. Well, Stay, I wasn't prepared. Gotta build for that. some anticipation. Okay. So, least favorite one then is going to be probably left guard. <laughs> okay. I had that as my fourth one. You're, oh, and your Terry's, fourth. Yes. We're only doing top it. three, Bernie. Come on. Well, I don't, have it. Don't as... make extra lists. Anyways, <laughs> um, the reason why it's my, I guess, third option is just because it's offensive line but it's a very important position because uh you have cole brown who's going to be redshirt sophomore uh next year and then you have the scholarship that north texas used on i don't want to say his name and terry's and yeah and he's a juco uh player so they're expecting him to to play i assume because he's a redshirt junior um they need something to fix the offensive line and i think this is important not only because you need these players to perform, but also because it kind of shows 
Seth's recruiting of the offensive line. Obviously, it hasn't been great so far. The line has been god-awful. And if Interius Gray gets beat up by Cole Brown, then there's obviously a problem already, I think. Yeah, I think that I think you could look at it as a problem either way, right? Like if they if they bring in Antarius Gray or if they bring in Gray and he beats out Brown, that could be an indictment on because Brown was I want to say like twenty class of twenty eighteen or something twenty nineteen, one of those, and it was like like he was not that highly rated as a recruit, and so let me look at his let me see if I have his link right here, but um yeah he was a seventy eight rated so. It's like that could be an indictment on how they recruited, and that's why there's no depth on this offensive line. Whereas if Brown wins, then it's like, okay, you brought in a junior college offensive lineman, and he's not even gonna start. Yeah, he's not good. So, so it's kind of like it's kind of a weird situation there in here. But I am glad that they're gonna at least have depth there, where well, I was concerned they've that had, they they've had. Have you could argue they've depth. had depth every year. It's just we come in. I feel like every year we come to the season going like, yeah, they have depth. Like with uh, two years ago with Brammer at left tackle, and then he played and it was just awful. And then this year he played right tackle and it was just not good. So I mean, I feel like every year we're we're like, yeah, there's solid backups, but every year there doesn't seem to be solid backups. Yeah, no, I mean you're right. Uh, I think I meant, I think I say that in terms of they're at least not gonna have to rely on freshmen or rest. Okay, freshmen, I see what you're saying. Right, like. Like that that's my only concern is that if you're having to rely on freshmen and retro freshmen, then you've really screwed up and you're really having to reach. With that being said, the retro freshmen and freshman classes, obviously the 2019-2020 classes, are both really good. Like those are the those are the guys who are, are supposed to come in and save this offensive line. Like you've got dudes coming in that and that have been here for now a year that are going to be the best offensive linemen that Latrell's ever had. Again, we're going into year five, so you know. It's taken a while to get there, but they're they're getting there eventually. And I was kind of concerned that they were gonna have to rely on them before they should have to. So that was my concern with that. But yeah, that's a very good, it's a very interesting um, position battle for sure. I'll go with my number three, which is the third running back spot, Colin. That's my favorite, uh, so you can't use that one. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll save it for you. I'll save it for you. you. I'll let you. I'll let you intro it. So I'll go to my second one, which I, I'm assuming I don't know if you have it or not. Uh, free safety spot, the free safety job. All right, he said no. Keelan Crosby and Mikhail Sanders. We saw both of them get some snaps in the secondary, a good amount of snaps in the secondary. Uh, we I assume Mikhail Sanders to get the job, but Mc- one thing that made this job more interesting for me is that I remembered because I was looking at some of the depth charts for the the past season. Uh, and Mikhail Sanders played a lot of nickel corner last year as well. So he played safety, and then he also played nickel corner. He kind of went back and forth. If Kyrie was healthy or whoever he was backing up was healthy, he made he may play nickel corner. And so he got a ton of snaps. So that was good. But it also showed me that they might just move him to nickel corner and leave Keelan Crosby at free safety. Yeah. So it's kind of it if. Whereas I don't know if Keelan Crosby can play nickel as well as Mikhail can. You know, Mikhail can play both. Keelan, I'd, I'm not sure if he can play both. He might just be a free safety, right. which is fine, obviously, because you're only playing one position. But Keelan Crosby, uh, we know is a, at least from what I've seen of him, seems like he has more of a safety build to him. Mikhail seems a little bigger. He can help with the run a little bit at a nickel corner spot. He can make those tackles um, in the backfield or 
and guard uh, and defend maybe tight ends or different types of players. Uh, I'd have to see more of Keelan Crosby, but I do think that's a very interesting uh, battle there. And I didn't even write the strong safety position because I assume Alex Morris is going to have that. Yeah. So that's that's what I assume. Uh, we talked to KD. That was our last podcast, right? Was that was that our last podcast, KD? Yep. Yeah, and KD talked about how Alex Morris has the potential to be really special. So I think that he's going to have to be for this defense. Alex Morris, that is. But yeah, that's my that's my number two right there. So who's your number two? My number two is Deshaun Gaddy against Quinn Whitlock. Um I think Deshaun Gaddy has the chance to possibly even challenge uh, Cam Johnson just because of how last year went uh, this coming this season. Uh, Quinn Whitlock only played three games, and he only had three tackles last year, and he came into the season kind of as like, if Cam Johnson and Nick Carvey weren't going to be good, then you could throw him in and he'd be fine, but that didn't obviously happen. So I think it'll be interesting. Uh, I think Gaddy has more upside and that they might just end up going with him either at cornerback, probably at cornerback too. So I don't think, I think we'll see less of Quinn. I don't even know if Quinn Whitlock will play if Deshaun Getty is, does what he's expected to do. Yeah, no, it's, it's for sure. Getty has the upside there. Whitlock did get hurt. I think around mid season or so, not that he was playing much anyways, but I think he did get hurt, Mm -hmm. um, which limited him. Uh, Gaddy played every game on special teams at the very least last year. I think Gaddy, this was my number one pick, by the way. Uh, this is going to be very interesting to me because, like you said, I think Gaddy could even take a step forward. And I don't think he'll start. I don't think he'll take the number one corner job over Cam Johnson. Um, but I think he should. He could be close. Yeah, he could be. I mean, that's and going up against a senior like that. Not that he's going up against him, but you know what I mean. Like in this theor- theory of position battle, I think Gaddy should have the edge i think he has the athleticism i think he has now the comfort of pl- at least playing a year on special teams uh sean gaddy still like you said has only played three games at this you level mean I mean, i'm sorry yes quinn Whitlock has only played three games at this level uh but without all that being said i still think it's a fascinating position to watch for because only one of those two is actually going to get significant playing time one of them could move to nickel I wouldn't be shocked if maybe Gaddy moved to nickel or something like that. But I think that the secondary has too much depth of the same talent level. Mm -hmm. For example, I mean, if you go down the list of who's in the secondary, you really can't separate these guys based off of like who is based off of who is doing like the talent level that is going where. Yeah. So. Here, hold on. Let me let me read a few of them off. So safeties, we I haven't even mentioned Jackson Gibbs, who played a good amount last yeah. year. So you, Alex Morris, Jackson Gibbs, Mikhail Sanders. Then we go to DBs listed here. Cam Johnson, Dorian Morris, who's a retro freshman. Uh, Deshaun Gaddy, Upton Stout, who's a true freshman. Leandre Davis, sophomore. Keelan Crosby, Quinn Whitlock, Jevin Murray, retro freshman. I mean, those are all guys who we perceive to be at least on kind of a similar level. And then there's two true freshmen coming in as well at safety, Garnett Burke and uh, Jordan Nichols, I want to say, that will also be competing. So it's like the, all these dudes need to need to prove it to us. Right. We don't know for a fact who's playing where. Or maybe Clint Bowen comes in and really shakes it up and moves, you know, I don't even know, maybe moves KD back to Nickel. Who knows what happens? Or not KD, I'm sorry, Tyreek back to Nickel or something mm-hmm. like that. 
you know, he's going to do whatever he feels right. So we don't know. The only players we really know here are Cam Johnson, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Like, we don't know enough about Alex Morris. I mean, yeah, Katie and Tyreek, those are linebackers. But I'm saying in the secondary. Oh, yeah. We know kind of Mikhail Sanders uh, and what he can do. And Jackson Gibbs is fine, too. Keelan Crosby's fine. But um, it's going to be really interesting for me to see the secondary unfold. That's really interesting. So that's why that was my number one uh, this time. So you can introduce your your number one. My number one? Attaway versus Nick Smith, or should I say Oscar Attaway versus everybody other than Trey Siggers? Oscar Attaway is going to bust out of the scene, and I think he's going to be out of inventory. That's not going to happen. Why? There's no way. Why? He's not beating out. He's not beating out DeAndre Torrey. DeAndre Torrey. DeAndre Torrey not only is a veteran, right? He's not only is he a senior. I still think DeAndre Torrey is talented enough and strong enough to get 30% of the carries, 25% of the carries. Listen, man. I, I'm just like I you do know, think I'm so. just telling you what's happening. I think he's the future. I think Adam. I am the telling future. you what is going to happen next year. I think he's the future, <laughs> but I'm leaving Tory back there as a number two. But what makes this more interesting is that Trey Siggers got hurt the last game of the season against UAB. So, who knows when he'll be back? Right? Like we don't know if he'll be week two, week three, week five, week six. Like we, we when is Trey Siggers? Maybe he'll be ready by the start of the season. I don't know, but. Trey Sigger's health makes this way more interesting because then you're looking at Attaway or DeAndre Torrey for the starting running back job. Yes. Then you could actually start partying if Oscar Attaway is starting week one. That'd be interesting. But I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it's still going to be Sigger's. Sigger's Torrey, then you got either. And we, you can't even dismiss Nick Smith. Okay. Here, okay. That, that's going into a fifth year. Yes. Nick Smith. That's yes. redshirt senior Nick yes, Smith I know. against sophomore. I know. I know. Redshirt freshman I know. Oscar Attaway. Yes. I'm just telling you. I know. I know. Hey, I can't. I respect. I respect. I gotta um, stay. I gotta stay on the train. Go I the respect train you since... staying on the train, staying on the hill, dying on the hill. I'm not um, dying on the hill. You wait. Okay, you haven't died on the hill yet. That you're right. You're right. You haven't died on anything yet. You you could be right, but uh, it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I I will say that I'm very interested to see how that running back room play shakes out because also then you have Evan Johnson. I'm Wait, Evan saying. Johnson's still on this team. Evan Johnson is on the team. Is he a redshirt senior or redshirt junior? He's a senior. Tory's a senior. Johnson's a senior. Sigger's redshirt junior. Nick Smith redshirt senior, and then you have Attaway redshirt freshman. That's it. It's about to be Attaway starting. Isaiah Johnson's also going to come in for freshman or second running back. They can't. They can't. They won't. They won't. Okay. They won't. But anyways, that is a fascinating job as well. All right, we went through four of them. I think those are my top four. Or those are basically those were my top four. I should you mean say three. Well, yeah, but you also did the guard, so that was also I liked that one. Oh, as well. I see what you're saying. Like between us, okay. Yeah, between us. Make sure we didn't miss anyone. Okay, we should be good. All right. Um, 
not too much more here. Let's get into some recruiting stuff. I did a story on, I don't know how to say his name. It's the thing. I never know how to say people's names and it bothers me. The defense tackle. I just wrote a story on Arian Peoples. Arian Peoples. I'm just going to call him Peoples. Uh, Is the on the site. Also, quick plug, 75% off sale on North Tech on Mean Green 24-7 for today and tomorrow. So through Friday nights, go check that out. I mean, go subscribe. I mean, you're getting it for basically $2 a month, which is insane considering the amount of work we put in. So, yeah, go take advantage of that. Go go buy it up and go tell your friends about it. I'd appreciate it. So, Colin, I wrote a story. What's the day today? About a week ago. Uh, writing basically what to expect from UNT's recruiting over the summer. Yes, And I basically said that the pandemic is kind of slowing. Obviously, pe- people can't visit. Players can't, you know, visit these schools. They can't meet in person. And it's really forced all of the schools to kind of slow down in their amount of offers and commits. So North Texas only offered like seven or eight people in the month of May, which is crazy considering how many they've offered in the past months. Like it's usually in the 20s to 30s to right. 40s. Only offered seven. And we're seeing still a lot of commitments. We're still seeing a lot of commitments uh, across the board. I mean, Caleb Ellis just committed to Stanford. Um, You have a lot of guys that are, that North Texas has offered that are committing to schools, not to them though, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. So Cooper Lands, you know, defensive end, uh, Charles Esters, all these dudes, you go down the list of, you can just go to their offers and see who's committed where. It is. It has become slightly alarming because we know North Texas is a school, is a team that likes to get their commitments done early. Yeah, They like to have their, their team set so that way they can all sign in December and get out of there and get done. Well, last year they had 10 guys sign in the month of June. Put them, putting them at 16 commits yeah. by the end of June. Mm-hmm. Right now they're at six. I don't see a way in where they get ten commits in the month of June. I don't either, so, especially with the high, the 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 how high the ratings that they're offering are. It's not like they're yes. They're, you're not go, they're not going after guys that are similar in years past. No, they're they are going after very high rated players. That's why, like I said, these dudes are committing to big schools. Stanford, I mean, got like you just said, Stanford, Tech, Kansas. I mean, I'm. Oh, let me go to let me go to athletes right here. Texas. One went to South Alabama, but you know, um, UTSA is taking people. SMU, Tulsa, Oklahoma State. Like, I mean, they're not offering the run of the mill guys. Iowa State, Texas Tech, Virginia Tech. Like, I'm not looking at any. I'm not looking at their offers and looking at teams that, looking at guys committing to teams that are worse than them. Right. They're all committed teams that are P5 or, you know, very respectable schools. Like, I see a New Mexico here. That's a respectable school. A lot of SMUs, Arkansas. Like, I'm, you're not Memphis. Seth, uh, Seth Hennigan from Denton went to Memphis. Charles Wright from Austin went to Iowa State. Um, so, it's, it's an interesting pre- predicament that they're in right now. And then you get into 
the potential decommitments, which obviously nobody really wants to talk about, but you know, it's it's still there, it's still lingering. North Texas had two D, two decommits last year, and I was watching a video from twenty four seven earlier. I'm not gonna remember the name of it, um, but basically detailing that they're having more commitments right now than they did last year, right? So more players are committing right now, but. In the fall, you're going to have teams try to fill up and make up for lost time, basically, and try to fill up their classes then. So you have this big gap. So people committing now, and then you have people committing in the fall, and you have this gap of June, July, probably, where you know people still can't visit. People are still kind of isolated and stuff, but people still want to commit. So once that happens, you're going to have this big wave of decommits in the fall of teams going from North Texas to Oklahoma State, you know, to Arkansas, and then from Arkansas to Alabama, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just a chain event. And they were just detailing it. They're detailing it way better than I was. I It's in the VIP story if you go check it out, um, the, the link to the, the video. And so we haven't even gotten into that yet. And we have – Guys, I mean, you look at the top four players on this list. I could, all of them are going to get attention from Power Five schools. Yeah, like all of them. You go to yeah. Bryce Drummond, Jaden Gray, Jaden Jones, Ziggler McMillan. All of them are going to. And North Texas did a good job of, of getting in there early and making their presence felt and getting the commitments. But you know, it's just kind of if this is the year of crazy decommits, which it could be, it's gonna hit North Texas hard. Because, they, like you said, they don't go after 80-rated 80, 80 players, 81-rated players. They're going after 84, 85s. Like, they, they are doing – they're going after big guys right now. At yeah. the moment, that yeah. is. So, uh, we'll see if that changes. We'll see if the approach changes. We'll see if they start throwing out offers once June starts um, to maybe people that other schools haven't heard about as much. You know, try to find some under-the-radar guys. But at the moment, they have a lot of offers to guys who are going to other schools. And they ha- the guys who they have gotten are getting a lot of attention from other schools. It's a weird position they're in right now. It's a really weird position. One, uh, But again, keep an eye on the defensive tackle, or Orion Peoples. Uh, he said he was going to make his decision probably next week sometime. That would be a gig- big get for them. That's 2020, so he would be in this one. Uh Again, a defensive tackle, that's that kind of would be used to replace Dion Noville and Bryce English once they both graduate next year. You know, fill that spot, that's a good I forget good about gift. Bryce English, too. He's still on the roster, Colin. That's crazy. Still on the roster. He was a freshman when I was... He was a redshirt freshman when I was a freshman. <laughs> Think about that. There is... Let's see. All right, here's a list of the other redshirt seniors. Ready? Dion Hare Griffin, Jason Pirtle... Nick Smith, Joe Zogu, Kyla Powell, the fullback, Bryce English, Caleb Colvin, who was a transfer. And so how many of those were transfers in? One, two. But I think I think Bryce English, because he sat out at Kansas State, didn't he? And then he sat out at another year. He got hurt. When he transferred. No, when he yes, transferred and, too. Yes, and then he got hurt, didn't he? Yeah. He's so only he like played like. But he I'm played saying, one can, game can he last year. Twice or no? Like, can you like? Well, he got a medical redshirt one year. Yeah, so he got a medical redshirt at Kansas State, and then he got a transfer redshirt. So okay, so he redshirted at Kansas State. I have it up. 
Retro 2015, Kansas State. I was in high school. I was as well. We were both in high school. 2016, sat out due to transfer rules. Mm -hmm. So he went to North Texas, sat out. 2017, he missed the season due to an injury suffered in fall camp. So medical retro, out. 2018, played. Had 13 tackles on the season. Okay. Got injured though midseason. Yes. 2019, last year, played in one game. Got I think he got hurt. He had a, yeah, he had a, got hurt last year too. So that's one, two, three, four, five. So that's five seasons. This will be a sixth this season. He's on that Quinn Bore ride right now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> shout out Bryce English. What a guy. All right, Colin. But yeah, that's pretty much my rundown of uh, North Texas situ- uh, recruiting situation. I do want to say UTSA is recruiting their butts off right now. I don't know what Trailer's doing over there, but he just got two junior college. Or no, I'm sorry. He just got two transfers. I wish I had their names up right now. Let me see. I can probably get on Twitter. Um, and one was from Arkansas, one from Oklahoma. Wow. And I'm just like, what excuse me do you think that because they didn't win a bowl game or conference championship with mason here that it's gonna really really hurt them with utsa getting a bigger name coach with la tech always being good as always like you think they kind of missed their window to make that quote-unquote hashtag new denton well, I think we've talked about this before, but I, I think that they've definitely missed their window. The question is, can they open a new window? No, I'm not talking about championship window. I'm talking about recruiting window. Like, do you think that after this year or like, do you think they're going to get a better class in 2020? Basically? Well, I don't think they missed their window, though, because they got the class. They got 2019, which is a good class, and they no, got no, 2020, which is a really but good class. I'm saying this coming class, 20, 2021. Do you think that that class, any class after 2020 is going to be as good in the near future? I think if it is, 2021 is going to be the one. I think, I still believe in 2021 being a good class. I don't know if it'll be the 2020 level, but I think it's going to be a good class. Um, I, I do think that they're going to find someone, find some players, and they're going to get, get the class that they need. With that being said, Nobody really knows how it's going to go with the you know decommits, with the people mm-hmm. flipping, with the with the players coming in and out and all this stuff. It's going to be a really weird cycle. So that's why I'm I can't say anything definitive about the 2021 class, and also because they only have six commits right now. But it's definitely a weird time for them right now to try to to try to navigate because you're coming off of. You used to be selling back-to-back nine-win seasons. We got a new practice facility. We got a new this. We got, we got a great Mason stadium. Fine. Yeah, we got we develop players, and now, now it's like we won four games. We didn't have a player drafted. The indoor f- facility is cool, but I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough, and but I think it just at the end of the day, I think one thing UTSA has proven more than anything is that you don't have to have facilities as long as your coach and your staff know what they're doing and they come out with energy time after time after time. We saw North Texas obviously they weren't good the first couple years of recruiting at all. But once they kind of figured it out, they really got aggressive and they really started getting guys that 
you knew were going to come in and make plays. That's true. Jalen Guy, like even w- when they weren't good, they were still finding those guys that they were gonna that were gonna come make plays. Right now, Amani Gilmore could be good, right? This junior college defense tackle could be good. Um, Devontae McCray will will probably be really good, but it's still like it doesn't feel the same. It feels like they've lost that kind of momentum. Um, yeah, that they used to have. So that's why I think it's a good question that this 2021 class will be huge for them. They need to have a top four or five recruiting class this year because that shows that it's not just the quality of the team. It's not just the, you know, the excitement of the team that's getting them these classes. It's they can actually recruit well with coaching, with their uh, staff. You know, it's it's something that is sustainable, basically. Yeah. And UTSA right now, they have all the momentum. They have all the the swagger about them and stuff and north texas you know this is latrell's fifth year so you don't have that same momentum it's just different so that's why you know utsa is going to be really good with this class and we'll see how long it lasts but trailer has a has the uh reputation for being a good recruiter so that's why it's interesting and another thing is i just love the rivalry between unt and utsa right now like utsa took Jamal Ligon last year. They took Ja'Cory Hyder this year. North Texas is kind of playing it slow, but, you know, I, that's it's a rivalry. It's a rivalry on the recruiting front just as much as it is on, on the field. So, yeah, it's an interesting situation. I have the names of the two uh, guys that they got, uh, UTSA did. Billy Farrell, who is a defensive tackle, uh, was at Arkansas from 2017 to 2020. And then... Ron Tatum, a four-star defensive end, 6'5", class of 2018 uh, for Oklahoma. I don't know if they're sitting a year or not. I don't know their situation. I don't know if they're grad transfers. I don't know. But, yeah, they got some dudes. So, we'll see. North Texas is currently fourth in the conference uh, for the 2020 class. and But they do have a high rating still. Like I said, they have really good players. They're going after big players, and we'll see how they do. So, Colin, that's all I had today. That's all I got. Whew. We got through it. We got Three through weeks it. and can't even make a podcast an hour long because of this COVID. <laughs> we don't need to. We don't need to. Um, I did write a story on – here, I'll just start plugging stuff for 15 minutes real quick just to <laughs> get us there. Um, I did do a story on the North Texas basketball offers for 2021. Those are very interesting players. I looked at all of their films, actually almost all of their films. One of them didn't have a huddle for some reason. But, uh, yeah, interesting. If you want to get caught up on the 2021 action for North Texas basketball, uh, they are also coming off a very good 2020 class, so look, check that out. Um, both Ziglil McMillan and um, who was the other one that got it? Uh, Chris Wright, the 2021 commits for football. Both got their 24-7 ratings, and Gabe Brooks, the great Gabe Brooks and I, uh, kind of analyzed that uh, those ratings and you know why they were and stuff. Gabe obviously trumps me because he is a, uh, a god. And yeah, we did our position battles. We did our recruiting outlooks. You know, we got a ton of stuff up there. So go check all that out. Obviously not a ton happening right now uh, in terms of, you know, recruiting like i said only seven offers the past month or so um 
So it's kind of a slower time, but we're going to keep getting y'all this content out here. We will do, we will take y'all's questions for those of y'all who are listening that are like, oh, you know, we wanted to send in questions. We'll take y'all's questions on another one. We're kind of saving it. We had enough to talk about today, but if we never don't have enough to talk about, we'll ask for questions. It's kind of what we like doing. Um, but yeah, Colin, players should be back, you know, practicing or so, or at least working out, uh, I think mid-June, is that what it was, somewhere around there? I think that's what I saw. Yeah. Did you see anything like that? Yeah, mid-June. Yeah. I know Oklahoma's coming back, like, July something. Like, they're preparing for all their players to come back early July. Yeah. Yeah, so somewhere somewhere around mid to late June or so, uh, they should be back, and so I'll probably be back in Denton and try to catch up for them, with them. I'm trying to get some coaches uh, for stories, maybe a podcast or so. Um, and yeah, follow, uh, follow Mingering247 on Twitter at Mingering247. Follow Colin at CJH Mitchell. Follow me at Matthew Bruni underscore. Subscribe to Mingering247. Uh, again, 75% off sale right now. I don't know if I can scream into this mic. Colin will probably get mad at me because I messed up the levels. Scream. But scream. No, 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 no. 70. And also, I, you know, I'm home right now. I can't be yelling. Mm. And um, 75% off sale on an annual VIP subscription. So please consider it. Check out our story on it. Um, tell your friends about us. Uh, su- subscribe. Wow. Subscribe on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review and rating with only the nicest things, only what you love about us. Tell your grandma, tell your friends, tell everybody about us. Y'all stay safe out there and we'll talk to y'all later.